0: Streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley won love. Ready, PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs>
1: Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell.
0: Make it stop, make it shut up.
1: You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount+. is trouble brewing in Gainesville with the most recent assistant coach departures. The pressure is certainly building on Billy Napier. It is Friday, February 24th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. Since Wednesday, Florida has lost three assistant coaches just weeks before the start of spring ball. Defensive coordinator Patrick Toney, tight ends coach William Piegler, and wide receivers coach Kerry Colbert will all be headed to the NFL. While Florida has already filled the defensive coordinator position hiring Alabama inside linebackers coach Austin Armstrong, it leaves one run wondering what's going on in the swamp. So joining me to try and figure that out is Jacob Rudner of Swamp 24-7 covering the Florida Gators. Jacob, I'm sure the last couple days have been busier than you originally expected when this week started. How are you doing, man? Thanks so much for coming on.
0: Yeah, Lance, thanks for having me. It's uh it's an interesting time at in Gainesville. I think a lot of uh, surprises would be a fair way to say that I don't know that anybody was uh, expecting coaching staff turnover after year one, let alone, you know, a week before spring ball began Florida set to uh, begin its spring practices on March 4th. So you know, just just some some unexpected changes around here for sure.
1: So that actually brings me to my first question. It was a good transition by you. This was all pretty much a complete shock, I guess. These three assistant coaching departures, because like I said, they're only a couple weeks away from spring ball. We talked off. Harry told me spring ball starts March fourth, so that's based on my math calculations. Nine days away. This is pretty. Big to have this type of coaching turnover with the spring right around the corner.
0: Yeah, it's rare. I mean, I don't know how many teams out there you can, you know, honestly point to and say that they had a, a coaching staff set through December, through January, you know, almost the entire way through the month of February, getting ready for spring ball in March. And then all of a sudden, you have this turnover with three on field guys. I, I, I personally have not heard of or do not remember an instance really of A team having to replace its defensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, and tight ends coach within a ten, you know, a two weeks period before spring ball, ball gets going. And it leaves the team in an interesting spot. Do I think that it's it's possible that they replace these guys with you know upgrades or uh similar level coaches? Sure, of, of course that's possible, and you never knew who might be enticed with an SEC job after all that is you know college football's biggest stage. So you don't know. Uh, who might be interested in that. But you know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't really late in the process to have to do coaching
1: searches. So we'll we'll see how that kind of meshes together and, and what the result is of that. Yeah, so so Florida in twenty twenty two, looking back, they went six and seven. Uh they obviously a couple months ago had the whole, or really just a month ago, had the whole Jaden Rashad, Rashada situation. Uh, now they have assistance bolt a couple weeks before spring ball starts. How badly does Florida just need some positive publicity right now? I mean, it's just seems like it's it's negative thing after negative thing after negative thing. There's obviously been a lot more negative chatter surrounding them so far this offseason than positive chatter. How badly does Billy Napier this offseason just, just really need a win?
0: You know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think that it's easy to remember the negatives. I think that negative moments over the course of an offseason are more likely to stand out. There have been positives in Gainesville over the course of the last couple months. I think that uh, Florida did a really good job of recruiting offensive linemen in the transfer portal. The same can be said for their job recruiting defensive linemen in the portal. They were able to land a fresh four-star freshman running back despite returning two guys who I think have all-conference uh, potential in Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Uh, they bring in another transfer For running back, so basically a guy who came in knowing he would be a third or a fourth string back in that room. Those are wins. I I think that they are harder to remember in times like this when you have an unexpected departure of your defensive coordinator, tight ends coach, and wide receivers coach. In light of the Jaden Rashada stuff as well, I think that it could be hard to remember some of those positives. But but I don't know that it's been all negative for Billy Napier, despite how dark it might feel if you're a Florida fan.
1: No, that's a good point. You mentioned their offensive line transfer recruiting. Obviously, Keontae Goodwin uh, was a really big pickup. He was a five-star for us in the 2022 class and, and certainly has size and a lot of potential on the offensive line uh, for Florida coming over for Kentucky. How do you think this offseason and everything that has happened, both the wins and losses, how do you think it's impacted Billy Napier and the pressure on him heading into year two? Because I mentioned the record before. Obviously, Florida fans, uh, no offense to them, but they're not always the most patient bum. So how do you think that what's gone on so far this offseason? I'm assuming that it's kind of just making Napier seat to the eyes of the fan base. And let me rephrase that to the eyes of the fan base, just a little bit hotter heading into the summer, correct?
0: I think that it's uh, it, one of those things where, first of all, Florida fans expect the team to win games. They, they, they all they want is to be competitive uh, in the SEC to play for championships. Uh, and frankly, I don't blame them. I, I don't, I don't. I think that there are times, when there are always going to be fans in every fan base that get a little bit impatient in times like these. But I would say, for the most part, the the expectations here are are earned over the course of of time. You know, especially in the last two decades, Florida uh, has a history of great success in the SEC, and I just think fans are desperate to. Return to that point. That being said, you know F- Florida will have to demonstrate improvement, and I think that that would have been the case with or without the coaching changes, uh, with and without the the NIL problems with Jaden Rashada. Um, I just think that Florida needs to continue to progress in the right direction. What, what does that mean? You know, I was talking with Carl Reed. Who said it brilliantly? All that matters at the end of the day in college football is winning games. Uh, Florida won six last year. They'll need to win more this year. I I told you before we started recording this. uh, I I think Florida needs to win eight games in its second year under Billy Napier to really show a step in the right direction with its coaching, to show that the roster situation is improving. But at the end of the day, year it's year two. We have a lot to do of of waiting and seeing. I think with this with the staff. And just with the program overall. But but to Florida fans' credit, I, I do think that the pressure uh, is well-founded in that they just want to see the team succeed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, Florida fans ha- have seen tons of success before. Frankly, I think deserve success. I think one of the best fan bases in college football. Um, and I think eight wins is a good barometer to see that improvement year after year going from six uh, to eight, especially with as tough a schedule as Florida has heading into 2023. I want to go back to the staff changes. They replaced Patrick Tony surprisingly right right away with Austin Armstrong, which I thought was a very good hire. Austin Armstrong came to Alabama. I think it was only at Alabama for a month or so, maybe a little nine, bit longer. Nine days, yeah. nine days. There you go. So even shorter than a month. There you go. Yeah. Obviously coming over from Southern Miss, but a lot of... Um, Hype surrounding him. There's a lot of intrigue with the hire. A lot of intrigue when he went from Southern Miss to Alabama. There was even talk about him potentially being the guy before Alabama ended up hiring Kevin Steele as defensive coordinator. How much of an impact do you think he'll make as defensive coordinator replacing Patrick Tony? Is it possible that they may have even upgraded with this Armstrong hire on the staff?
0: I mean, I'll be I'll be quite frank with you, Lance. I think they need to. Uh, I think that that Armstrong needs to exceed what happened with Florida's defense last season. And to be clear, I'm not one hundred percent blaming Patrick Tony. I know that there are a lot of Florida fans out there who say, you know, Patrick Tony did a horrible job in his first year. He didn't deserve to be on the staff. I I personally don't feel uh, that strongly about it. But the reality is, is that the the team did have a down year defensively. Third down defense was abysmal throughout the entire season. Uh, Yards allowed per game. Total defense was not very impressive. Scoring defense was not very impressive. Uh, Those are all marks that are going to have to improve. And, you know, at the end of the day, it goes back to Billy Napier. I I don't know that it's an Austin Armstrong thing. Uh, Billy Napier needs to demonstrate Improvement on the defensive side of the ball. And one way he's going to have to do that is by having made a good hire. And so, uh, you know, Armstrong will need to work out uh, in order for Billy Napier to work out. And I think anybody who closely follows the team would would agree with that. I don't think that that's a bold thing to say at all. Um, And and I would agree with you, though, just, you know, just to put it out there. I I think Armstrong is a promising hire. Uh, 29 years old, had great success as the youngest defensive coordinator in the FBS at Southern Mississippi, as you mentioned, Uh, ringing endorsement from Nick Saban, who I would, you know, I think anybody would take his word for it. And so I you look, I, I think that the potential is there, but we're going to need to see the results, like I said earlier.
1: And how important do you think both when it comes to hiring a new tight ends coach, a new receivers coach, as well as just spring ball coming up? How important do you think these next few months and the summer are before the season even starts just for Billy Napier to kind of get year two off to a strong start heading into the fall? This is the foundation phase. I, this is the time
0: where Florida is going to be able to lay the bricks for what's either going to be a successful or unsuccessful season? Does Austin Armstrong come in and install his defense in the way that he likes to run things in a way that players understand, in a way that players gravitate towards, that they acclimate too quickly? Are all of those things going to be accomplished? If they are, that's a positive. If Florida brings in a strong recruiting coach at either the tight end or the wide receiver coaching positions, or both ideally, uh, that would be another strong step in the right direction in which Florida could, you know, lay recruiting inroads throughout the offseason uh, up until fall camp begins. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that these next couple of weeks are going to be critically important for Florida's success long term. And they're going to go a long way in determining exactly what this next season is going to look like.
1: And Jacob, I'll let you go uh, after this one. You mentioned, you know, potentially bringing a strong recruiter for the wide receiver coach position, the tight end coach position. How have recruits reacted to all of this change so far and just the overall percep- perception, excuse me, of Florida this offseason with everything that has gone on?
0: To Florida's credit, it seems as though, and of course, this is what we're being told. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is how these kids actually feel. But we're hearing that most kids are not necessarily bothered by the news. And it's not that they didn't like guys like Patrick Tony uh, or William Piedler or Kerry Colbert. But I guess to those guys' credit, the appeal to them is the school. And I think that that hasn't gone away. Um, we've also heard a lot from Billy Napier about how the team has a, a holistic recruiting approach in which it's not just the position group coach that's pursuing a kid. It's Billy Napier himself. It's other staff members. The area scout of among the staff for that spot where the kid is from uh, is frequently in touch. So uh, the good thing about the way Florida has recruited thus far is that it seems as though kids have multiple ties to the staff. So one coaching departure doesn't disrupt an entire recruitment. Uh, and, and for the most part, I think that that's kind of been reflected in the answers.
1: Yeah. And we know that even as coaches change Florida is still going to be a hot location for the top talent, both in the state of Florida, as well as around the country. Remember to follow Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Rudner and check out Swamp 247 for the best Florida Gators coverage. There is Jacob. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Remember, if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to head on over to 247 Sports YouTube channel and click the subscribe button too. So for Jacob Rudner, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily.